This is episode 217 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have Pete Johnson on the show to talk about Tatuaje cigars and some other industry topics. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a top-of-the-line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State, we've got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience. Visit us online at coronacigar.com. How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 217 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar. When you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do, when you listen to your favorite audio podcast, thank you so much for making us a part of it. Take just a minute, if you would, please, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Facebook. Follow, like, subscribe, all the buttons. Click all those buttons, and uh, we would really appreciate that. Here in the Corona Cigar Studios, the heat is on for the first, yeah. <laughs> for the first time this year. We're a little disappointed about that. It's October 9th, but... It's chilly outside, it was so only, you know, a nice thirty-six degrees this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's time to turn the heat on. I'm afraid. Uh, I didn't mind it. No, I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, winter's coming, whether you like it or not. It happens every year. You know, it's it's not like it. It's not like it's a surprise. No, and now for the next six months, we'll be freezing our balls off. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> no, it's it's winter. What are you gonna do? At least we have. A scheduled trip somewhere warm this year. you have a scheduled trip oh we have one in march too well in march yeah. yeah yeah most definitely maybe one earlier than that too that'd be nice we'll see uh justin welcome uh our producer justin um Hey-o. so i i know how excited justin is about this that the nhl season is starting oh, tomorrow really <laughs> super excited i can't wait for hockey h-o-l-l hockey sticks yeah, I know. I, I Justin is. You're, I know you're not a sports fan, but I'm excited that the NHL season is starting. Tomorrow. I'm excited that you're excited. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, I don't know how the Wild are going to do this year. I, I mean, it is what it is. You know, they're they're, they're heartbreakers again. They're they're going to make it to the wild card round of the playoffs, and probably that's about it. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I think I think they could surprise everybody. I hope I hope they surprise me. Um, Go Islanders. So for our viewers and listeners, also one thing I neglected to mention, as I always do, please join us in the comments. Let us know what you're smoking and drinking this evening. Uh, We have a fantastic returning special guest coming up in just a minute. Um, As you can see, I'm all decked out in Minnesota Twins gear. And as you can see, I'm not wearing any Yankee shit because they're all (laughs) Twins are on fire right now. Yeah, Minnesota tied up the series with uh, Houston. The hated Houston Astros. The hated Houston Astros. Hated. Sorry if you're if you're an Astros fan, you know. Sorry, but I'm not a fan. Nope. Uh, but it's good that uh, we tied the series up, and then Game Three is tomorrow night uh, here in Minnesota uh, at Target Field. So looking forward to that. Uh, Green Bay is playing the Las Vegas Raiders as we speak, and the Las Vegas Raiders are winning. 
I know. That's my surprise look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the Vikings lost to the Chiefs. No big surprise. Yeah, and again, the surprise look. Uh, the Jets won a game, but it, yes. was, it was against Denver. But that's I mean, okay because they were talking a lot of shit. Yeah. So they I mean, De- Denver's, Denver's in pretty rough shape this year. Um, and uh, congratulations to our Zykar giveaway winner, Tony Corey. Oh my goodness! Congratulations! Wait, so, uh, that was the uh, the burnout ashtray giveaway, and the president so. of Ashhole Club Minnesota. And the president, yeah. that's right. The president. Don't he's, forget, he's, he's not prez. just the he's not just a client. He's also the president, <laughs> or however you say that. Um, but I think it's time. Let's just jump in. Let's get our get get our guest on the show uh, because we have a lot to talk about and a lot to catch up on. Uh, and as always on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by Drew Estate. And the Liga Pravada Selección de Mercado is handcrafted to highlight the bold characteristics of a specially curated Connecticut Criollo Kappa leaf that's grown exclusively for Drew Estate by one farmer in the famed Connecticut River Valley. The name is Spanish for market selection, inspired by the old practice of selecting wrapper leaves for certain national markets based on color. The Drew Estate, uh, sorry, Drew Estate chose only the most beautiful Rosado Connecticut Criollo leaves to grace the Selección de Mercado. The Rosada Kappa surrounds a blend of tobaccos from Mexico, Nicaragua, and Pennsylvania to create a cigar that is deeply balanced, bold, and sophisticated. The cigar measures 6x52 and is available in 10-count boxes to international markets. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and help us welcome back to the show, this time episode 217 from Tatuaje, Pete Johnson. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show, my friend. Uh, a couple things. Yes, sir. It's- He's not just the president, but he's also an asshole. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that the next thing fun. is, yes, fuck the Houston Astros. So congrats mm-hmm. to the twins on tying the the, uh, the, uh, the thing up. And uh, of all things, the one kid that, that's still in our house, because we have two in college, is a Vikings fan. How does that happen? Nice. <laughs> What? How does how does how does L.A. to Miami become a Vikings fan? Yeah, dude, we curious. we actually took them to a uh, Miami Dolphins Viking game. Okay. <laughs> and last year, right? It was last year. And uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was not fun walking into the stadium <laughs> with yeah. him. We actually drove into the parking lot and we looked at the. Uh, the guy that was directing traffic, I said, uh, wh- which direction do we go? We're, we're, you know, we have the pass to this area. And he goes, oh, here. And I rolled down the back window. I go, and what do we do with this guy? Everybody can hear me still. <laughs> well, since no one else can hear me but the people in the audience, uh, ask me a question in the chat and I'll answer you guys. <laughs> That's what's up, Ben. I mean, honestly, if they want me to do this solo, I will. But uh, gen- generally, I well, hello, Chris. How are you? Uh, everybody can hear me. Can you, Justin? Can you hear me, Justin? I'm doing good. 
a blend similar to the TAA 2020 release. Yeah, yeah. Can you okay. hear me? Now I can hear you. You can hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hold up. You're uh, they're restarting the computer. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so that means we're restarting the show? Jay Davis, you want to know about La Union? Um, sometime um, probably early next year, I think. So that's about as much as I can tell you right now. Maybe I should tell you it's going to be like $100 a cigar. And then when it comes out at a lower price, you'll be happy. <laughs> now, <laughs> is it because I said let's burn bridges? <laughs> There's a how about that P. Johnson show tonight? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know if you heard me say earlier, like I, when I posted on Facebook, I said, yeah, let's burn bridges. <laughs> burn all of them. <laughs> so I, I, I might have burned the studio down. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, Omar, sometimes you want to burn both. <laughs> Does the uh, 50th year come out in December this year? Uh, you know what? I, I probably. The 50th year probably will come out this year. Welcome to How About That Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That has a ring to it. <laughs> the, the kids, yeah, Garrett, the kids, are, the kids are in transit from the factory now. So by the time we get them all situated, we're, we're looking to get them out the door. Hopefully, uh, you'll start seeing them show up uh, right, right around Halloween. I'm going to answer all the questions. I hope Matt's got some good questions. <laughs> yeah, right. What's your go-to smoke, Pete? Uh, my go-to smoke, you know, honestly, if I if I have a Desert Island cigar, that's the Havana Cazadori. Mm. But if uh, the go-to smoke is whatever I, you know, whatever tickles my fancy in the morning, I'll just grab something. Like today I went in one of my bins and I just grabbed a couple random cigars. Um, it's good cigars I haven't tried in a while too. So, but I've been you're smoking back. a lot. Of no, you you're not. Now nah, go yeah. away. <laughs> we don't want none of you. We good? Now we're now we're uh, yeah. That we're probably gonna get now from the uh, the the guys in the comments. Like, no, no, go away. Get rid of those. Get rid of those guys from. How about that? Cigar? Just, we just want Pete. Jeez. <laughs> I, I think you know you know what happened. Houston, we had a problem. <laughs> it was all because of my my oh, love for the Houston Astro. Oh, Astros. Man. I hope I don't offend anybody that lives in Houston. <laughs> Listen, oh. like, I'm I'm a hater because you know, like Altuve is short and really good. It pisses me off. <laughs> I'm a I'm a hater too. I'm I've always hater hated too. Houston. They always beat my Yankees the last few years. All right, so. Uh, Justin, Listen, I don't like the Los Angeles Lakers anymore either, though. Because they got that old guy on it. I never really. Yeah, did. that old guy. That, that, that old guy. Yeah. That keeps on breaking records. All right, so he's no Jordan. Justin is smoking. I am smoking. Um, you have to tell me what this is because that's the face it. redux. Oh, oh, face redux, the new new. You can't really see it, my camera. Here. Sorry. <laughs> 
We're trying to got to get you a new camera. Yeah, I'm gonna buy you a new camera, dude. That's horrible. <laughs> Please, dude, this, this, is, uh, this is what I get over here in the corner because if I turn the green screen off, you got like this snowblower back here in Matt's garage and all kinds of crazy stuff. So this is what we get. Doesn't bother me. That's where you hang the body. I know, right? Yeah, the body. You guys all in the same room? Oh yeah. 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 We're all. In the, they're right in front of me, and oh, I'm. That is. Them. Ooh, what's that? Oh, see that—that that looks. Carlos, yeah. old, old school. I had a skinny my monster favorite. Frank before we started here, so that—that—that that, that was my first. And I'm gonna fire up this bad boy. Ooh, what's that? Ooh, Frank. That's a big Frank. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna do that right now. Are you? Now that our that. now that all the technology is fixed, all the things are here. Now that all I, the technology, I think it might be because we were all in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I usually reboot my computer before we start doing a show, and I didn't do that tonight, and I paid the price. I think and it'd be better if you know this off-screen Justin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> off-screen Justin. I like on-screen Justin. So, well, they make me are you it. giving away the uh, soccer squash? Is that no, why it's no, in the middle? Of it? No, this is this is uh, so I'm I'm firing up my cigar for the show, and this is the this is the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. That's right. When lighting your cigar. It's yeah, important don't to be light patient. The, the microphone on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Like, I promise. Looks, I won't light the, the microphone camera, on fire. Like it up right it's important Dude. to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From sober mesa to umbagog. Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. See, I didn't light anything on fire except the cigar. We're good. I, I got to get a little little smack. Oh, no smack. Okay. That's no smack. We lost so much time yeah. with, the, with the outage. Oh, yes, the outage. Shit's kind I of forgot it even happened. <laughs> How about that plug? How about that? Um... All right, so one one other quick thing that we have to do um, is, um, Pete, tell us what you're smoking and drinking. Yes. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be drinking something? You don't have, you don't have to be. No, no, let me go get something. Well, all right, while you're doing okay, that. Well, no, but I'm, I'm smoking a, a prototype of something. Uh, it's like a, I told you earlier, but it's a cross between yeah. a Havana 6 and a Negociant. So but, yeah, I'm going to go get a little bottle of something, so... Fantastic. Someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> we got no problem with that. So, Raul, tell us about this this uh, this jar that I have here before me. That is a jar of bourbon. And I thought, since uh, I have a couple bottles at home, for the next few weeks, I'll just bring something in for you to try, and you try to figure out real quick. You got three quick tries to figure out. Oh, oh I, get, I have to try to figure out what it is. Yeah. Three quick tries. Too. Okay. Like, He's are we talking which type of spirit or name the brand? Name and the, the brand. And all the... how good you are. Oh, that's. This is like a blind tasty. That's thing. quick. That's bro. tougher than. That's tougher than figuring us what a cigar is. Well, you know what bottles he has, right? I mean, <laughs> sort of. <Yeah>. Sort of. <laughs> oh, what's this that Pete's got here? Hold up. Hold up. I, can't, I got. Oh, hello. Nine barrel blend California single malt whiskey. Lot. 11 years proof 110 wolves whiskey oh wolves whiskey mm. that's a new one to me I sample bottles <laughs> drink, out of <laughs> drink right out of the bottle i fucking love it i love it so this uh 
this one that Raul just gave me, it's well, it's, make it sure smells, it doesn't have ammonia smell first. It smells like, like chloroform. No, it's <laughs> like, do these do these napkins smell like chloroform to you? Yeah, <laughs> it smells smoky. Yeah, well, that's because we're smoking cigars. No, like oh. like barbecue. Barbecue, smoky. like fire cured almost. Maybe. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's campfire. Yeah, that's a campfire. It tastes smoky to too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. Is this campfire? No. One shot down the drain. Mm. Is that it? I only get the one guess. No, you get three. Oh, I get oh, I get two more guesses. Um, Chris Benny says High West. Tony, you always yeah, that's, my house. that's what I meant. High West. <laughs> yeah. Matt Ty is pretty bait, gray for drinking something that Raul Ramos brought him. <laughs> jar. He always drinks shit from my house. I do. Not, not in sample jars, though. Yeah, Tony not not too. in unlabeled sample jars. <laughs> um, I gotta guess quickly because yeah. Um, so what do you? How smoky is it? <laughs> yeah, how like how, like how smoky is it? It's not like overly artificially smoky. But it's not like peated. Like it's really, not, it doesn't. No, it's not peaty. Okay, yeah. So it's not it's not an art bag or a lagavulin or anything like that. No, it's. I'd say the proof Thank is. God, I hate the, the proof is kind of medium, kind of. I'd say somewhere between like one hundred five and one twenty. I don't know. I didn't look at the proof. I just grabbed the. Oh, you didn't bottle. look at the proof. Um, I said this bottle's not open. Let me open it for Matt. Hmm. Is this Old Scout? Nope. One more. Wow. Smoke. Wagon. That's where I was leaning for too. It's not smoke wagon because I I don't think you have any smoke wagon. Chris I do. Please. You do have. How smoke about Rye? No, sir. Hmm. It's in the unopened counter of the the thing. We could be here all night. They had it. No, it's, he's got a couple more? more seconds. He's. Mm-hmm. They had it at Costco the other day. Oh. Uh, he didn't know I was going to do this to him. I just decided to do this today and have a little fun with it. Is, is there it, a thing called Woodford Toasted? That's uh, Woodford Double Oak. Double Oak. Yeah, there is. But that's that's the toasted. Smoky? No, this is not. I mean, it. It's really, it's really oaky and smoky and woody. It could be like a double oaked, but the if the proof tastes higher than. <laughs> not even close, Jake. <laughs> um. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Woodford double oaked. Angels envy. Angels envy. What? This this is very. Angels envy. It's no, it's, it, not. it's just a regular. I mean, smell smell that. It's got a really kind of smoky, campfirey type. It doesn't meat. help that your glasses are stored in your smoking garage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, these these get kept inside. I promise. Um, smoky angel. All right. Well, it's very good. Thank you. This is this is tasty okay, stuff. Let's get on, let's okay, get on you, to it. On let's to we show. got Mr. Johnson, Johnson on the me, show. We're only yeah. twenty minutes in. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everybody. We know you're tired. We're going a few hours. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Ah, Elijah Craig had the toasted. Mm. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Chris. Like I, I, I'm like I couldn't remember Double Oak being smoky, but then again. Now I know that Matt's just full of shit because Angel's <laughs> Envy doesn't have any smoke to it either. It, it doesn't, but I swear, as God is my witness, I'm smelling 
smokiness here, but that's what know. happens when you store your glasses in your smoking room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Pete, let's talk about the face redux. Wonderful um, show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties. Here we go. Um, you know what? What was the, I, I guess, first and foremost, uh, what was the reason behind it? <laughs> well, not the reason know, I did behind it, I did we it know, 13 years ago. Because <laughs> we know why, you know, you're, you're going back and revisiting the monster series. But yeah. I know that each one is getting a little bit of a sort of a, a reimagining uh, or a, a face lift. <laughs> See, <laughs> what Raul did there? So wh what was the, what was the, what was the reasoning behind going with the face in this? Cause is, is it a 56 ring gauge? Yeah, that's the original. Okay. It's, it's still six and three eighths by 56. The only difference with this one is that there's no tobacco leaf band on the cigar. Yeah. I always want to make sure that every cigar is slightly different than the original. Try to keep the same blend. Obviously tobacco's changed, but try to keep them as close as possible. Yeah. And then do a little twist with the way it looks in a sense to where I, I don't want people trying to trade new ones as old ones. Oh yeah. That's I a like good, that, that's yeah. a good point. So essentially I'm, I'm, Helping the secondary market or killing it? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I think yeah. I think helping it. I yeah. mean, because the people who did, you know, uh, buy Invest these in the brand and, 13 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and if they, you know, if they have, let's say, you know, they've got an extra fiber, and they're like, I'm I'm gonna put these out there for sale. Um, you know, which I, I don't know how you feel about secondary market. I say can, once a consumer's bought it, they can do whatever they want with it. That's my personal opinion. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I get like, I look at the prices. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, um, it's their, it's their product. Now they can do whatever they want with it. And if someone is willing to pay for it, then, it's a win-win for, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, get any piece of the secondary market, but right, I'm happy exactly. for the guy that, that, that did well with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, 2013, this cigar was, uh, was it a $10 cigar? No, it was $13. Oh, it was $13. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, I if somebody somebody the, out there the has... Face was, the face was put out in... 2011 2010 sorry 2010 okay yeah okay um yeah i i didn't because i 20 put myself into a corner with the monsters i can never raise the price <laughs> so so because i i like yeah because i want i want the price to be 13 because it's a it's a great number for for a monster themed yeah. cigar line um, but ultimately I can't do anything with the price point because of my OCD. <laughs> <laughs> so in about five years, we're going to get a really good value for 30. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're already, we'll I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a huge chance that, that, uh, <laughs> that we get completely fucked with government control and, uh, and we have to start paying, you know, $5 a cigar to import cigars yeah. 
Uh, let's hope not. Yeah. Uh, they're already talking about S chip part two right now. So let's, uh, let's make sure we talk to our, our people that are supposed to be looking out for our interests and tell them to, to stay the fuck out. Yeah. They're well, already getting money from us. And that's, that's kind of a good point that brings up a question on our list is because you're on the board of CRA yeah. and, um, you know, we had, we really did as an industry have a big win with Judge Maida's ruling, you know, in the last couple of months. And, and then the FDA and, and then the FDA did what the FDA does. So, um, you know, what do you think the this latest FDA push, you know, is is going to mean for us kind of short term slash long term? Well, I, I mean, I'll know more tomorrow. We're getting an update on a lot of stuff tomorrow during the meeting. Okay. But um, so you should have had me on later. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, Matt, you should get you should get a guy like Mike Copperman on the show one time. Okay. Mike Copperman's our interim uh, executive director. I look at him as our executive director. And uh, he would be a great guest because he's really involved day to day with everything that's going on. We get updates once a month. Obviously, we're on a text thread with each other, and we get updates from Mike constantly. But uh, he'd be a great guest um, to talk to your audience for sure. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I know that the you know the breakdown for uh, of all the you know who participated in the legal part and who where did the funding come from for the legal battle that um, you know ended up with judge made his ruling in August, which again was, I mean, it was, it was really great to see that ruling. Um, a lot of this, a lot of this came from the CRA and, yeah. uh, the CRA has been really instrumental in the last few, you know, if you look at the last five years, some of the high points, some of the wins for the premium cigar industry really have come from CRA funding. Um, yeah. and then that in conjunction with, uh, you know, some of the legal minds at PCA and some other organizations. And so, um, you know, for, for those of you out there, and I know Pete would echo this, if you're not a member of CRA yet, you know, you should really go to cigarrights.org and, and just make your voice heard, participate in this, in this fight with us. Well, I mean, just get on the website at least and look to see if there's a way to, uh, you know, email your Congress people or, you know, and get your, your voice heard a little bit. But uh, if you really want to help contribute, um, go into a CRA. Um, or now I'm blanking on the name. Um, Jay Davis is one of the stores that's a, a CRA kind of, you know, retail store where they, they actually support the, the uh, organization a lot by buying these packs from us. Yeah. And that money that goes for those packs actually goes into our account, our coffers to make sure we have money to pay for these legal bills that are always popping up constantly. Okay. So that's the best way to support the CRA. If, uh, if you want the easy route, that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, Jay, can you remind me of the name of the stores? Uh, the Great, Amer Great American Smoke Shops. Thank you. Great American Smoke Shops. Yeah, the CRA Freedom Sampler. Yeah, so buy those because, yeah. I mean, obviously the retailers are, everybody's kind of pitching in their own little bit every time one of those things get purchased. Like, 
The sales reps aren't getting commissions on them, so they're putting in their portion. The manufacturers are donating the cigars, so we're putting in our portion. The retailers are paying a lofty price for them, so they're not making a full markup on them. So when you, when the consumer ultimately buys those packs, we know that all that money is going for, you know, something that we really believe in, which is great. So yeah. please do it. Sure. And the new one's about to come out. Um, the fall sampler, it just got, sh we, we shipped it all to Fuente again. Thank you for the, some of the bigger companies for donating their time to pack these things. Oh so this, yeah. This time around, uh, the Fuentes are packing it and, uh, we should start be we should start seeing those by the end of October, I think early November. What nice. what does that lineup look like? Uh, it's actually similar to the summer one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, yeah, and this a lot of us is a great one. A, a lot of us, you know, like the summer one came kind of last minute and we had already had the cigars ready for the fall. So we're like, okay, we'll make more of the same. Some people I think switched it up a little bit, but uh, you might see maybe a different Fuente or uh, a different Opus X or something. I think the Padron might be the same. The Tatuai is the same. The My Father, Garcia Garcia, is the same. I think Oliva might have had two in the last sampler. I think they're doing one this time, or can't remember. But it's, you know, we, we lost when, when Alan Rubin got bought out by STG. We kind of lost one of those, one of those cigars that were in the pack. So we're actually looking for more manufacturers to come in, step up and help fund the fund the organization, but so they we can get them in the pack also. So you yeah. might see a Placencia down the road, you might see some other some other brands in there. Oh nice. Yeah. Because again, there's there's a yeah. lot of uh yeah, see uh, the Escasos plus one is the one that's actually in the uh the kit, Mike. Okay. Yeah and I miss uh you know the the Alec Bradley uh, you know, change with STG buying them. Uh, I do miss that that Mundial Perfecto in the yeah. In the pack. I, that's a really good cigar. So uh, uh, that was that was one of the ones. You know, I, I mean, again, the cigars in this pack you cannot go wrong. Uh, but you're going to find those ones that you just gravitate towards, where the blends just really, you know, you, where you really dig a certain blend or a certain handful of blends in there. So, but uh, there there's not a bad cigar in the bunch. Period. Uh, Jay Davis, if you're still on, uh, what's the current retail of the pack? I don't know, but I can tell you what's in the pack is worth more than the retail price. Yeah, I think the summer one was two was two oh nine. If because it because the ones previously this was a little bit of a jump because I think the ones previously were were usually one forty nine, and I'm pretty sure this new one is two oh nine because I saw it at a shop. And I saw somebody had it priced at two oh nine, and I thought, "Oh man, I got to say something because this is—they have this price too high." Well, but then we I did looked. we did bump it up based off of what was in there. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because there's there's some just absolute top shelf cigars in that pack. Omar, Jay Omar Davis says one seventy five. Uh, it's I think it's ultimately I think it's up to the retailer, but like. Uh, one guy said Dax said it's a one eighty nine. Jay Davis one seventy five. So. I guess it depends on the tobacco tax in the state too. Yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But ultimately, all that money goes for good things to try to fight against the world of antis. Um, oh yeah. You know, on the state level, we let the PCA kind of 
handle all that because that's their territory in the sense of, you know, they're they're the, the ones that are fighting for the retailers because they do a lot of state associations. We try to stick to the federal things. So, and then someone else said, I've seen 250. There you go. All over the place. So um, looking at a very trustworthy source, uh, guys who I trust a great deal, uh, Half Wheel, the summer CRA Freedom Sampler, uh, MSRP, $204. Okay. So... So, um, and again, the cigars that are that are worth, you know, when you when you put them together, far more than that. There you go. Yeah, I mean, a Padron Black. I think they only make it for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than this, uh, other than the special edition they did in 2018, they, yeah. they only make those for the CRA packs anymore. I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, great cigars in that pack and a great way to support the, you know, just the just the the ongoing battles that, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, the government is going to continue to try to, um, you know, clamp down on tobacco. And uh, even though they're deep down, they're really not concerned about premium cigars. They're lazy. So that means that premium cigars are going to get lumped in one way or another. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we just have to keep ahead of it. And that's really, you know, the, the contributions we've gotten over the last several years um, and the freedom sampler selling those that's really helped us, you know, kind of weather a lot of big storms. Legal bills are not cheap when it comes to uh, fighting the government, you know, no, they oh, got yeah. big pockets. Yeah, because they, they, they'll never run yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> They never run out of money. They, yeah. do, they just keep on printing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, one of the other things that is a very exciting uh, project and just a huge milestone and, uh, you know, testament to you and, and your team is the 20th anniversary cigar. And, you know, we know a lot of us us and our fellow consumers are just super excited for that project. So talk us through the project itself and when uh, we can expect to see that in shops nearby. Well, the two 20th uh, cigars, the, the ones that are labeled 20th SLE or 20 SLE will be out uh, in about two to three weeks, probably actually before the end of the month, I think, if everything goes well with the container that's leaving Nicaragua. And then uh, the jar one that you saw with the, uh, the blue band with the holographic foil on the bottom of it, that's, uh, I think that will probably come out in 2025. <laughs> yeah i i you know doing a ceramic jar i'm very particular about what i want and uh when it comes to putting the cigars in the jar uh, you know they're going to go in a certain way but when you see a jar that's shaped like this it actually has like a little cave in and the inside so i don't want the cigars to move so we're kind of trying to create something that can like a cylinder that can go inside the jar. Um, we'll see. I'm still waiting on the factory to not the, our factory, but the, the, uh, the factory uh, that's making the, the jars to come, whatever they're coming up with. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we, we have a great viewer question. Um, somebody by the name of Casey Johnson 
wants yeah. more info on the cigar that you're smoking. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Casey doesn't know about this cigar, actually. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Controversy. No, I, uh, yeah, Casey, I decided to play with uh, morphine a couple blends together. So we'll see. You might, you might taste some of this shit when we uh, get together. We're, we're heading down to Nicaragua beginning of November. Okay. For a few days just to kind of basically map out uh, the rest of 2024. Yeah. That way, when I say the rest of 2024, because we're already, 2024 is planned, but we need to make sure that the factory is on point with the timelines that we need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, are you guys going to be doing another advent calendar uh, this Christmas? No, no. We have about uh, about 900 advent calendars out of the 10,000 we made left. Okay. And um, I'm still unsure what I'm going to do with those. I mean, there's our, there are retailers that are still asking for them, but, uh, you know, not not the demand that we had in the beginning. And there's a chance that I might empty out the remaining and use um, – some of those cigars for events. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Nice. We we Casey, Dan, and I we, we we've discussed it a few times, but we we haven't really come up with a plan. And my plans kind of change day to day. So yeah, that's a perfect cigar for Minnesota winners. Oh perfect yeah, perfect Vitola. Yeah, it's a great great little size actually. Um, I think it's such a great little size that the Garcias decided to do something in a similar format. The problem is we we. I don't know how many unique blends we had in those two calendars, but there was a lot. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. We basically ran the whole portfolio. So one of the big things that happened for you guys this year, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts about if it met or exceeded your expectations, the NFT project that you guys did with smoke in, I mean, that yeah. was, that was huge. So, um, take us through the, uh, sort of the inception of the project and uh well, and then you know if it if it went above and beyond what you thought you know how, how did it all play out well i've said this a few times but when abe pitched me the idea i literally thought I w if i was going to do it i'd be jumping the shark um <laughs> it was it was one of those projects i was just really unsure about yeah and um abe Abe's really good, really clever, really smart with the way he puts things together. And he, luckily we had the LFD people helping us along the whole way. They were really cool. Uh, Carney and Tony and, and Lito like, were like, if you need anything, let us know. We can, we can help guide you through this whole process. But I let Abe do most of, most of that, that work. I concentrated on obviously the cigar and the humidor uh, or the box that it's, you know, the cigars are coming in. And um, the more and more I see Abe, even after the sale of the NFTs, which again I kind of bet against it because I was I was I was setting myself up for disappointment, but it was definitely not a disappointment. And uh, since the the NFT auctions happened, Abe's created this whole like thing to keep the community going for many years, which is really cool. So we have a lot of things planned coming up uh, for the NFT holders and also people that are, you know, willing to jump in and, and buy boxes. There's actually a whole thing on the Anarchy, uh, Tatuai Anarchy uh, website that talks about, uh, like, uh, you know, a coin that comes with uh, 
with the box, if you buy a box and you become like part of this elite type of uh, group of people and maybe you might see some, some uh, cool things happen down the road. But Abe, yeah. it's really, dude, I, I'm, I'm following Abe on this one. It's like, I just, <laughs> I get to make the cigar and that's yeah. the most important thing for me. And it's funny because, you know, in perpetuity, you don't realize that's for life. And so I, I told my wife the other night, I was like, no, you, the kids are going to have to start making these because <laughs> like, I'm going to be retired in Italy somewhere and I'm not going to be doing shit anymore. And they're going to, they're going to have to keep on producing them. Yeah. So yeah, it should be, it should be a good, uh, good thing over the next uh, several years. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're excited to see how it evolves. So is the, um, <clears throat> is it, is it meant to sort of evoke the flavors and aromas from the original anarchy yeah it's based off the original original anarchy okay so if you look at the the pale horse i did the pale horse when we did chaos yeah and chaos was a different size different vitola completely and the pale horse was based off of the chaos size so when we did this whole new nft project when we talked about doing a pale horse we're, it's a pale horse version of the original anarchy and ultimately, you know, that, that cigar, we made 105 of them. I actually made 210, uh, but in two different wrappers because I wasn't quite sure what wrapper I ultimately wanted to use for this pale horse. I picked one, uh, which is the Connecticut Ecuador, but the other one um, basically goes into my humidor for me to smoke. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've heard from a few people in sort of on the uh, production manufacturing side and, and people who uh, spend time procure, procuring um, tobacco is yeah. that there, there's been some problems in, and I say this because you, you brought up Ecuador that I've heard there's been some problems with uh, some, one of the crop cycles in Ecuador this year. Have you heard the same thing? And, and if so, I mean, when it comes to the, you know, the, the, my father factory, you know, if they're going to end up getting some tobacco from Ecuador, from some suppliers there, um, you know, if, if there is, let's say there is a problem with some of the crop cycles uh, coming from a major uh, grower, um, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? If it, if it comes along? Well, I mean, obviously, we, we use a lot of uh, Habano Ecuador from yeah. Oliva Tobacco. We use a lot of Sumatra Ecuador from Oliva Tobacco, and we use a lot of Connecticut Ecuador from ASP. Um, I have not talked to Jaime about any potential issues. I mean, I'll find out more when I see him. He didn't mention anything recently, and okay. and honestly, I was with David Perez uh, in Dortmund, and he didn't seem to be worried about anything, so... Okay. I, I have no idea, honestly. I it's an honest answer. I have no clue. I haven't been asking that deeply, but I can tell you that that Jaime and Papine are very proactive when it comes to uh, tobacco because of the the clients that he ma they make cigars for. Not only including themselves, but myself, and then you have the people from the Ashen Group, and then you have Crown Heads and Nestor Miranda. They're very proactive and they go in buying, they don't buy boxes. They, right. they buy pilones yeah. and they buy pilones when they're in their raw stage so they can actually do the whole process themselves. 
So they don't go in and say, Hey, we want, you know, XLs, you know, or, you know, we, we, we need this priming of this Avano Ecuador. They go in and say, okay, we'll take that pilone, that pilone, that pilone, that pilone, and they get it delivered and then, then they start working it. So they, they're probably ahead by a few years on that. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and we can, we'll talk after, uh, offline about who I heard this from. Um, okay. But, uh, it, you know, it, we always we always hope that, you know, any major producer of quality cigar tobacco is, you know, going to not have any severe droughts, not going to have any severe rains or any uh, problems that would have that would affect, you know, because obviously this is like long term. So a crop cycle from this year, you know, it's not going to be in a cigar for quite a few years to come. Yeah. And we, we you know, honestly, if we catch it early, I, you'll start seeing me shift really quick. Uh, you, you'll see a pattern in, in the way I've done cigars over the years where you're like, well, why aren't you using broadleaf? You're like, oh, because I knew two years earlier that the broadleaf wasn't going to be the same thing. I was like, hey, Pete, why don't you ever come out with a Sumatra uh, <laughs> version of the Regio and the Noea and all those sizes? Because when I was thinking about it back in 20, I want to say 2013 or 2012, um, the Sumatra kind of went through this weird phase where it didn't act like Sumatra. Mm. So eventually it corrected itself. And that's when we went back and now Sumatra is banging. Like the Sumatra that the Garcias have right now is so beautiful and tastes so good. So yeah, someone asked me about the TA 2020. There's always a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, uh, And I love, especially, you know, when you've been doing this as long as you have, you do, there are so many projects that you um, have the opportunity to be even more creative with. You can take yeah. a project that's already been in existence and tweak it a little bit and play with it and, ha you know, have the factory say, hey, put, do this, this, and this, you know, take this, you know, what we normally do for the blend on Cigar X and... Uh, put this wrapper on it instead, or put that put you know a leaf of this in the filler instead, and you know make me a hundred and send them to me, and and you know what I mean. It's you you have a large catalog of stuff that you can create from, in addition to the brand new projects that you're still coming out with yeah. every year. Well, I mean, go back to what I was saying about broadleaf. When I shifted out of broadleaf, I knew that broadleaf was going to be an issue because we had we had kind of a drought coming up, and we knew that the the broadleaf growers in Connecticut were getting a little you know heavy handed from from some of the bigger companies that were basically taking away a lot of supply chain issue you know a, a big supply chain issue taking away you know tobacco from people that were looking for X amount of tobacco, and you know of course the FDA scared a lot of those farmers to think that, oh, you know, these small companies aren't going to be around anymore. So I immediately shifted to other wrappers to do these, you know, new projects. Luckily, like right now, if you notice, I'm not doing a lot of broadleaf aside from, you know, the regular production stuff. Because yeah. broadleaf went through a couple years where it wasn't like just on fire like it had been in the past. And we were looking for a certain crop to come up uh, that was just going to be, you know, balls out perfect. And like that broadleaf is still processing. So I'm actually waiting to do 
certain broadleaf projects. And so in the meantime, I've been doing a lot of Tuxla stuff. Yeah. So w- when I see that broadleaf, you know, accessible to start using, that's when I'm going to start making things like, you know, the real pork tenderloin, the original one with broadleaf or a musubi or stuff like that. So I'm just playing the waiting game, waiting for this stuff to process. But I can tell you that the broadleaf that's coming through um, for special projects is going to be really nice. So you're saying, uh, you're but going- I, we still, we still need to have, we still have broadleaf and we have a lot of it, but we, we, we use it for regular production and we try to use it uh, only for that because we need it for that regular stuff. Yeah. Uh, so to do a special project, we have to like, okay, we have enough to do a special project. Okay. So, so Pete, you're going to make uh, broadleaf great again, right? <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I think broadleaf's always been great. Yes. Yes. But I'm a, I'm a traditionalist too. Like, you know, like Connecticut broadleaf is, that's the one. Yeah, it is. We, we don't use Pennsylvania broadleaf. Not that it's not good. A lot of people use it. We do not use uh, Nicaraguan or Honduran broadleaf. Honestly, I haven't tasted it, so I don't know what those are like. But if I do make any switch like that, it will be very well announced. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna switch regular production. But if I if I do come out with a pork tenderloin that has like you know Honduran broadleaf on it, I'm gonna tell people this is not your original pork tenderloin. Exactly. Yeah. Because I want I want the consumers to be involved and and knowing what's you know going into those cigars and ultimately that's where the tuxla thing came into play we were looking for something to 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 put on a band you know that we could actually you know tell people this is san andreas but we didn't want to use a simple san andreas name so we came up with tuxla and that was our way to do cool fun projects within the regular portfolio to expand those lines as limited editions like the Lomo Cerdo, but like Avion 13 in, in, uh, in San Andreas, like right now, uh, for the PCA, uh, 2024, we have the Sumatra version of the Belonk and the Bonsha Sore coming. Yeah. So yeah. those are, those are already done. The factory's already bu- bugging me for, for the <laughs> cliches for the boxes. So, I know they're getting ready to pack them, but I told them, I said, I don't need these until March. So don't, yeah. don't rush yourself. Well, and one of the things that brands go through that we, we see over the years, it happens and it, it, it's not just cigars. We see it in um, all kinds of different product categories where, you know, a certain line will be on the market for a certain length of time and maybe for, and it could be for multiple reasons that the company says, okay, it's time to pull this. It's time to pull this product off the shelf. And Bill, yeah. our, our viewer, Bill is a good friend here in Twin Cities area. Is there anything going away anytime soon? Uh, no, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's the hardest thing to cut a cigar out of your portfolio. Right. For for us, like we we believe in those things. We we made them for us to smoke. But ultimately, you know, the bonus part of making a cigar for yourself is when people actually understand what you did and they actually appreciate it and want to buy it. And that's the bonus, right? But sometimes you think a cigar is amazing and you think it's done it's gonna do great because you believe in it, and then people look at it and go, eh, whatever. 
And yeah. that's when, that's when you go, fuck, I, maybe I'm completely off. And then you start, you know, questioning your own palate for a while and going, okay, well, I thought this was perfect. And then it gets an 88, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I'm, you never know from one day to the next, you know, whether it's cigar aficionado or us or some other place, you know, that reviews a cigar and you just, you know, as a consumer, because we still wear our consumer hats all the time. All the time. And it's like, I still wear mine. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's, you, and, and you could smoke a cigar from, uh, you know, even for you, you'll smoke a cigar from somebody else's brand, you know, and, uh, you'll love it. And then you'll just be leafing through cigar aficionado and you'll see they reviewed it and they gave it a score that you thought was either way too high or way too low. And you're just thinking, what, what, why, why did this, how did this happen? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm always like, I've, I've <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be pretty straightforward. I've, I've had those moments where, you know, maybe someone beat us in a rating <laughs> and, and I'm like smoking that cigar that beat us. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, but then there's sometimes where I'm like smoking a cigar, I'm like, fuck, this is great. And then maybe Cigar Aficionado never reviews it. So, yeah. you never know. I mean, listen, uh, you know, getting ratings is great. We like to talk about the ones we get that are big. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to start promoting like the the least uh, popular, this one, you know, rated right. cigar. This one right here got a 94, didn't it? The Carloff, I think. Yeah, on half wheel. gave it a ninety-four. Yeah, it's a it's a great. It's any a great uh, any chance of doing a reduck on a reduck? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's always a possibility. I mean, we've talked about maybe doing something in twenty-four with it, um, but yeah, I can't promise you yet. And that whole line of of doing actors, whatever happened with that after. The, the, yeah, uh, it was a it was a one time thing, and then I thought it was like a little too much because you know at the time the company was really small, and we had enough regular production product that we were putting out, and to to continue to do all these little small batch things was kind of getting overwhelming, so I, we kind of slowed down for a while. We stopped doing store releases. I mean, the amount of people that ask us for, you know, hey, make me my 25th anniversary cigar or oh, yeah. make me my 10th year anniversary is a lot. And I I stopped it because I didn't want to have to, like, say no to, like, 100 people and say yes to one. And then I get my the finger pointed at me like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Ultimately, we want to make the retailers happy. Uh, so we try to spread it out as much as possible. So I do have a rule that when I do, like, a store exclusive it's no longer a store exclusive. It's a multi-store exclusive because I want to help multiple stores and not just one. Yeah. And obviously every, every retailer is important for us. So we try to spread it out as much as possible. Sounds fair. Yeah. Well, and I, I got to agree with Jay Davis's comment. The SW shorts um, have been on point. Uh, it's, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's not on anybody's radar either. Just brilliant, brilliant. Which blends. is, which is great about the SW short. It's like we make, I don't know, maybe a few hundred boxes a year. Yeah. You well, know, and that, that, that kind of brings, brings us to Mark Ward's question, uh, talking about date stamping boxes, but not only that, but production cycles, you know, for different cigars and different lines. Like, uh, do, 
does that pretty much always follow a schedule year over year or do you have to adjust things based on availability? Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really like, so regular production, obviously in Nicaragua is much easier because we go into the year, basically giving the factory a whole year's worth of orders and say, here, this is what we're expecting. Uh, but limited edition stuff or small batch stuff out of Miami, it's kind of like, I don't know, uh, for lack of a better word, it's kind of like whenever I'm in the mood to put it in production. Uh, that sounds bad, but um, there's so much going on. And we need regular production Miami product. And for me to throw a, a, a wrench into the machine, even that small little machine in Miami, you know, it, it kind of binds it up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to do a run of Escasos. Yeah. Or I have to do a run of 15th anniversaries. I didn't do a run of 15th anniversaries for almost two years. Yeah, those were short supply for a while. Yeah, they yeah they, they basically disappeared. And then I have to go into the factory and say, hey, I need 200 boxes of each 15th anniversary. Yeah. And that's it. And that's like the year's production. And it could yeah. be a, a year's production or it could be two years. Um, but I'm always creating like new things in Miami. Like I have... I have about 65,000 cigars that, that haven't seen light that have been sitting in the factory for two, three, and four years already. So yeah. when I'm going to put them out, we don't know, but uh, I'm not in a hurry. Like, uh, that sounds kind of bad, but, like, I know they'll only get better with age. And for me, it was like, do I really need to put this out? I have so much other product out there already. Do I need to put out 500 boxes tomorrow? Uh, no, but I, do I want to put them out eventually? Yes. Like we have the plus one. It's a good example. Right now it's in the CRA sampler pack, but it's not really in any stores unless yeah. it's in that sampler pack. But I have 475 boxes of 10 sitting in Miami that were rolled by one roller who was actually no longer with us. He moved out of state. So okay, like I'm just sitting on him going, okay, and the, the box date stamp was uh, October of, yeah, I think it was October or September of 2022, but the cigars were rolled in 21. Okay. Like well, we have uh, EL, uh, EL22 and RL22s that were rolled in 21, box dated uh, May of 22. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, made in 21, box dated May of 2022, and we're starting to leak those out to a few retailers. I know Jay okay. got a few boxes, I think. Recently, he had a, an event with Dan, and I think I snuck a few boxes to him. So the box date specifically... If I didn't, Jay, I owe you some boxes. <laughs> so the box date specifically coincides with uh, the day the cigars are put in the box. Yes. So not the yeah. day the cigars were rolled. Yeah, the the data production is tough because you, you'd have to have a, a day <laughs> exactly a day of production. Yeah. And plus when you let's say I make five thousand cigars, all five thousand aren't made at the same time, obviously. Yeah. They're made over, you know, a month period. And then you grade them. And you grade them by color. So you yeah. can't oh, oh, this one cigar was was you know from July first, and this one was from July tenth, and this one was from July thirty first. That's like impossible. Mm -hmm. So the box date is is the the date that it was actually boxed. For a great example, in my fiftieth birthday cigars, which are still not released, that I've been holding for four years, um, 
I just repackaged. They were in 50 count cabs. I just repackaged all of them. Originally, I was only supposed to repackage half of them, but I did my math completely wrong and I ended up making enough boxes to basically do the whole production into 10 counts because I wanted to make them a little bit more accessible because they're not inexpensive. Yeah. And I figured a lot of people are going to want boxes or a box and you know, a box price at this price level, you're not going to buy 50 of them. You're going to buy 10. And what I did is I unpacked them out of the cabinets that were date stamped uh, December of 2020. And I stamped that date on the box. And then I stamped the, the new date of boxing on the 10 count. So people can see, that what went into that was the original date stamp. Okay. So, so when are those coming out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe December. 55? When you turn 55, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, it would make sense because they're going to be around $55. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I'm actually splitting it in the middle because they're. I'll be 53 this year. So one will be 50 and one will be 55. So one of the things I've always been, and we've talked about this a little, but I've always been curious about the, the box dating thing because, you know, it's been, it's been the norm in Cuba forever. It's, it, and there really aren't very many factories. And, and we have to also differentiate because it's not brand just owners. a factory thing. It's brand owners. Because yeah. my father makes cigars, uh, the factory makes cigars for a lot of brands that don't put dates on the bottom of the boxes. So, what, yeah, what made uh, Papin and you decide to put dates on the bottom of your boxes? And so it was that was your that was your call. Did 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 he not I was want to a, do it? No, no, of course he did. Like okay. he was cool with it because he knew I wanted a Cuban cigar, right. He knew I wanted to keep him a cigar. So in 2003, when I went to the box, the, 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 the factory and met with the family, my first production was already in play. It was already being, you know, produced with five rollers. And again, it was a small production. We're talking about 300 boxes of cigars, six sizes, 50 boxes of each, not a lot. And, uh, I brought two old Cuban boxes with me and Jaime met me. And he was in charge of like quality control and, and the packaging part. And I said, I want these boxes, this style box for, for this cigar. And they're like, okay, that's easy. We, we have a guy here in Miami that, that can do that. Who used to counterfeit Cuban boxes, which is perfect. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and Jaime actually turned over one of the boxes and he goes up at the Mikaha. And I go, no, that's the one I brought. And he goes, no, that's This is my, my box. I said, no, I brought it with me. Uh, like I brought the box with me. He goes, of course, the translation was really bad. Yeah. I said, no, I brought it with me. He goes, no, I put the stamp on this box in Cuba. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we still, have, of course, we That's still have really that box cool. in the factory because it, it was kind of like, get the fuck out of here. Like, are you serious? And uh, yeah, this is, this was, this was from the factory I worked at. Wow. And this was our date, you know, our date stamp. He worked at a factory that used a code called DNU. Yeah. So. So yeah, it was kind of it's kind of fate. So ultimately, when I started with the company, people know the story, but I'll reiterate it. Tatawai was the first production cigar they ever made, even before they made their own cigar. 
So Tatawai started producing, and then they created Don Pepin and uh, Vegas Cubanos and El Rey de los Sabanos. Yeah. And they came out, we both came out with cigars at the, the same trade show um, in Nashville, 2003. And uh, they also date stamped their boxes because they, they wanted to keep with the tradition. Yeah. You know, they have much more elaborate packaging than we do. We do very simple classic and they, they do like a little bit more new world. But, you know, I think one of my favorite boxes that they do might be Antiguidad. I love Just because that. of the shape, the look, everything yeah, about the, it, the artwork. Vista, the Vista design is beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, we we have different styles of what we do, but we, we also want to keep the tradition there. So, yeah. And it helps because, you know, it, it doesn't help sometimes because I used to get calls in the early days like, hey, man, can you get me more of the box date from September, you know, 2006? I'm like, uh, no, dude, it's 2007 already. I don't have any of those. <laughs> They're like, no, but the, the rapper on the Grand Cojonu during the, that date was really awesome, and I, I want to get more. I'm like, did I? I don't have those cigars anymore. They're right. long gone. I mean, we continue to make them. It's just the date stamp. It's the same cigar. They're like, no, that particular batch was awesome. And yeah. and ultimately, we, we worked in batches back then. And we still work in batches, but now we have a consistent supply chain of tobacco. Right. Back then, we had to buy tobacco from people, and it was not always consistent. Like, I remember getting a, like, so I went into the closet that we used to have a closet in Miami that literally held, and when I said closet, it was like one of those ones that had like a sliding door on it. Yeah. So it was, you could reach in and grab all the cigars. So that's how big the closet was. That was the aging room. And uh, I looked in there, and I was like, what are these? They're like Cojonu 03. I go, that's not a Cojonu 03. I'm like, no, it's a Cojonu 03. I go, yeah, but the wrapper's like not Cojonu. It's, it's supposed to be much darker. We're like, well, no, we had problems with the the guy we get the wrapper from. And if we want to, we couldn't get the, the higher priming, the darker stuff. So, but if we, you know, to, to achieve that color grade, we got to let it sit for another like five, six months. I'm like, I don't have five, six months to wait. But honestly, I also don't want to put Coho News out with that color wrapper. Yeah. So we just scrapped those and, you know, ultimately we rewrapped them with the right color grade and then eventually sold those cigars. But, uh, you know, it was like, I don't know, a couple of days worth of production that was in that closet, 300, stu- 300 cigars that were kind of like like a Rosado color Coho And I was like, that's mm. not Coho Yeah. I know it's the same cigar. Because to them, it is the same cigar. Yeah, of course. But to me, I was very particular about the response that the consumer and even the retailer was going to be like, dude, I got a box of Coho News that are super light. I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that we keep it, you know, kept it as close as possible. I mean, unless you start freaking dying, you know, leaves, you're not going to get an exact color, but you can stay within a range. Yeah. And this one was way outside the range. So I'm like, okay. That needs to change. And, you know, that's where we had a lot of growing pains in the early days because we had to rely on sourcing tobacco instead of actually the Garcia growing most of it or having great relationships with suppliers. Like, and, and when I say the great relationships, some of the best relationships with the best tobacco growers in the industry. So yeah. we, we sit in a very good spot when it comes to getting grades within that range instead of you know jumping outside because 
that supplier decided to give us a you know really light batch of leaf. Yeah. Excuse my ignorance, but how do you rewrap a cigar? You take the old wrapper completely off, and you reapply a new wrapper. And how many cigars do you lose in that process? Well, if you if you had let's say two days worth of production is three hundred sticks. Mm-hmm. If you had those three hundred sticks, you're losing three hundred wrappers because you're yeah. undoing the three hundred cigars out of the wrapper that's the wrong color grade, and you're reapplying the right color grade. Do you do you do those cigars get repressed before the new wrapper gets applied, or do they just go straight from one wrapper to the next? A lot of times you don't need to, but sometimes yeah. Okay. But it's it, it's a lot of times you don't need to because they've been kind of pressed within that wrapper. Okay. If there is an issue when they take that wrapper off, then they'll, they might let them sit in the mold for a little bit, but yeah. uh, normally you don't have to. Okay. Now, one of the things that I love learning, because when I went on the, my father factory tour at, in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, I w- was fortunate. And you that, haven't seen anything yet. Well, that, yeah, that I know it's been a lot of upgrades since then, but I, I was fortunate to have you, uh, as the tour guide. And, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, and it must I, have been a horrible I, tour. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was awesome, but, uh, I highly recommend anybody gets a chance to, uh, attend, uh, Pearl Sabor that they do so, um, you know, to learn about, uh, the Nicaraguan cigar world of Nicaraguan cigars. But one of the things you brought up on the tour has stuck with me ever since. And it dealt with, uh, mixed filler cigars. Yeah. You've got the, the, the tour there and, they're they're making the cigars and there's always going to be the cutoffs and the, the the leftover bits of tobacco from the rolling tables from the from the full whole leaf you know cigars yeah. and um, you brought up a great because you know sometimes consumers sort of turn their nose up at mixed filler cigars but you brought up a great point that it's like you really shouldn't do that so t- kind of talk us through that process your thought process when it comes to the tobaccos that go into mixed filler cigars. Well, you know, Cuban sandwiches, right? Yeah. So that's what they're called. Um, that's the nickname for them. The reality is, is that the, that tobacco went through the same process that your longleaf filled cigars went through. The difference is that that tobacco ends up getting mulched again and just sitting there for sometimes years untouched before you start using it. Yeah. So you can get really, really good flavor out of these cigars. And sometimes they're even better than that some of the super premiums on like, I, I used to smoke a lot of Cuban, uh, Cuban sandwiches. And sometimes I would appreciate them more than a Cohiba. Yeah. Because the Cohiba was kind of green and young. And this Cuban sandwich had all the rounded flavors and everything was kind of morphed together. And, you know, they're not widely popular. So they sit a little longer too. I mean, we yeah. make a lot of them. We make a lot of series peas. And ultimately, those sit in the humidor for a long time before we move through the boxes that we have in, in, in supply. So it's always a good one to, to pick up. But I always recommend if, you, if you're going to cut these cigars, do not use – use a regular cutter, but snip off just a hair. Like, you see how tiny I took off this cigar? Yeah. I did yeah. that with my, my thumbnail, but – that's like a bullet cut. I mean, I did that with my thumbnail. It looks like a bullet cut, right? Yeah. Take off as little as possible because you don't want those little bits and pieces to come out. And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of these scraps are, you know, an inch, maybe a half inch long, but you never know. You might get a little 
smaller pieces here and there because when they start grabbing this tobacco, it's literally loose leaf. Yeah. And you could get longer even. Um, but it's all separated too. They separate the wrapper leaf off of off of uh, those choppings. When they chop the foot and make that clean edge to the, you know, that ultra clean edge to the foot of the cigar, there's always this much tobacco that they've chopped off. You can't use the wrapper for internal. So yeah. you, you strip off the wrapper and you let the, the, uh, the fillers mulch and you eventually get to it. And a lot of times you have great tasting tobacco because it yeah. sat there longer. Yeah. Cause there was a bin filled with, you know, some of those cutoffs when we were in the factory and, um, you know, I just love the way you, you put it. You said this, these, these cutoffs could be rolled into cigars next week, or they could be rolled into cigars two years from now, you know, yeah. depending on need. And, um, and I think we've all had some Cuban sandwich cigars, like you said already, Pete, that, that just blew us away. And you're thinking, man, this is, you know, this is, this is a good budget friendly cigar that you know really doesn't break the bank and uh the but the flavors from it can just be phenomenal because you know you, you could get that batch of cutoffs that's been sitting for a long time mm -hmm. yeah they're 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 budget friendly when they come from nicaragua the ones we make in miami we have one roller that makes them and they're not as budget friendly because they're <laughs> still a miami product but dude they were using they started we, we weren't we weren't making cuban sandwiches in miami for years like over a decade that we weren't making them in Miami. And one day I asked, uh, I thought about bringing them back because one of our rollers was getting older and, you know, his hands were a little bit, you know, less controllable and a little bit more delicate. So we, we wanted to shift them to something that was a little easier for him to roll instead of a, you know, full long leaf. And this guy, Renee happens to be really good at making Cuban sandwiches. And I asked my wife, I said, you have the tobacco. She goes, yeah, we've been using it for mulch around the trees. <laughs> and I was like, stop, like absolutely <laughs> stop what you're doing because I want to use that. So some of this tobacco was super old before we got to it. And they had piles of it, like, you know, just boxes upon boxes of this stuff. And if you think about the rolling factory in Miami, we have, you know, 11 rollers. Now we had 12 until about a month ago, 11 rollers. And you got one guy out of the 11 rollers that's rolling Cuban sandwiches. So he technically can't keep up yeah. with the other 10 rollers with all those choppings. So we end up having this tobacco sit for a long period of time before we get to it. Yeah. Um, Mark's got another good question. The, uh, because. Oh, the, the, the tobacco's by as uh, David mentioned it. Tobacco's by as uh, SF. Oh, yes. Yeah, they call it the Tobacco Zavallas SF for short filler. But, you know, Cuban sandwich, it's kind of like, I, I hate calling it short filler because it's, I call it medium filler. Yeah. Um, because it is a cross between long and short because, yeah, okay, the filler is, you know, chopped up, but you're still using whole leaf binders. Right. Two whole leaf binders. And you're using a premium wrapper. Yeah. So how can you call that, you know, a cheap cigar? You're utilizing the tobacco that that's been sitting for a long time that ultimately could be a great a great substitute when you don't want to spend ten dollars 
yeah. for twelve dollars or fifteen dollars, you can get something for half the price, even a quarter of the price, depending well, on where you get it. From. Especially the method that your factory uses with a double binder is, uh, in my opinion, crucial when you're using you know mix mix filler in uh, in a cigar. Uh, to me, it makes, as far as I'm concerned, it makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Well, it's a, a little bit more structure to it. Yeah. Uh, because remember when you, when you have a tobacco, a long leaf tobacco cigar that has, you know, full leaves in it, you, you have a portion of the center vein in that full leaf that's still there. And that portion of that center vein is actually part of the structure of the cigar. So the cigar doesn't bend. So when you're talking about a Cuban sandwich, if you just use one binder, you're going to get really kind of loose, you know, form cigars. So using two binders actually helps the structure of it. Yeah. Um, Mark had another good question and we've all had a cigar before where we're smoking the cigar and all of a sudden there's like color on our lips and I'm like, what did, I, what on earth is going on here? So what, what is dye their tobacco? Eh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, there are people that do it. Obviously. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that, that might, you know, put some type of juice on their, their tobacco to, to enhance the flavor in some way or to enhance the color. Um, it's out there. We don't do it. Obviously we right. choose like not to means a purist when it comes to this. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, if you're going to smoke a, a really dark high prime in broadleaf or even San Andreas and when that tobacco gets really wet, you're going to start getting things stained from it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just because it's naturally. So around your mouth, because you're, Depends on how wet you smoke. It's kind of weird sounding, but, uh, you know, I chew on my cigars a lot. So a buddy of mine in Los Angeles, he would chew on his cigar so much that he'd always have like little bits around his mustache. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's because you're chewing on a broadleaf cigar all day and it's going to bleed the color out. That's yeah. natural oils. That's oh, natural yeah. color. I mean, if you look at the employee's hands when they're rolling with a high priming leaf, there's, they're staining, but it's, right. it's natural. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, when I was younger, I used to go through humidors and do a litmus test and I lick my finger and rub my finger on a cigar just to see if anything would even come off. If you can get color off of a cigar from that, then you know that they're adding something to it. Yeah. But let's, let's not talk about that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about I don't want to be called out as like, Oh, that, that fucking asshole. <laughs> Well, what I've never heard this before. What about David says bruising the tobacco as a way to darken it up? I've never heard that before. Yeah. Is, that, is that a thing? Well, yeah. Um, can't remember who does it, but they they literally they roll the tobacco in their hands, you know, mm. into a ball. And what it does, it it darkens it up as you're bruising it, essentially. Yeah. So yes, that is a thing. Um, that's that's pretty normal. Um, not normal for everybody to do it, but it's, it, if you, if you take any tobacco that's wet, it might be a lighter, a lighter wrapper. You're going to start bruising it when you start what we you would call mancha in a sense okay. where you're, you're beating the fuck out of it. And eventually you're going to start getting dark spots. Um, well, I, is it, is it time? I think it's time. Let's do it. All right. It is now time, time. time. It is now time for this. Time for me to go get another bottle. Numero de los muertos. All right. Yeah. Time for him to go get another uh, bottle. 
I can hear you. That's okay. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos, brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Honesty here with the joke to tell you about Smoke In's Cigar of the Month Club. Every month, I personally handpick five premium cigars. Another great feature is our Double Down Club. With a simple check mark, you can get double this great selections every month and save $10. Every month, there's a special discount code where if you like any of the selections, you can get them at a special discounted rate for our Cigar of the Month Club members. We've made it super simple. All you got to do is log into your account. There's a little green button there. If it's green, you're active. You want to take a break going out of town, simply hit the button and you'll deactivate your membership. We get the stuff out on the 28th of every month. Our membership bills on the 28th and we get every member's package out on the 28th if it's a shipping day. All delivered to your door for $34.95. Five great reasons on what makes Smoking Cigar of the Month Club the best club out there. Check it out. Peace. All right. I'm glad the other guy didn't say a word during that commercial. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is a very special Numero de los Muertos. Very special. It's episode 217. So the number this week is 31. Oh, that's like 13 backwards, right? It's 13 backwards. There we go. The number this week is okay. 31. You're smart. And uh, Pete, you've, smart you've done this before, so you know the drill. But uh, for viewers who haven't seen this before, 31 is the number, and you have to figure out how these people died, how 31 people died, what the cause of death was. And we're going to play 20 questions. Uh, you guys, the viewers, Pete, Justin, Raul, going to play 20 questions to try to figure out what the cause of death death was for 31 people. When was this? Uh, various dates. Uh, goes back to uh, early early 1970s. Okay. Early 70s. Until current. Hmm. I see what you did there, Jason. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, 31 people goes back to the... Mm. Uh, does it have any, anything to do with an overdose? Um, no. On the farm? From David Floyd? In some cases, farms were involved. Animals? Animals? Um... I don't think animals were involved. Okay. Crane, no, you know? uh, no cranes. Okay. Was this on land? Farm. I think the vast majority were on land. Okay. So some some of the details are sketchy. Chainsaw on... murders. No chainsaw murders. Um. They have anything to do with airplanes? Airplanes are not involved. I will say. I was, to, I was thinking of something on a YouTube farm with viewer guess, chainsaw. I, I will say chainsaws are involved. Okay. Um, in, hold on a second. In, in some of them. What about you, Tony? Uh, you can kiss game? my whole ass, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for, for the, the Yankees, Yankees to make the playoffs again. <laughs> Twenty-seven World Championships. Oh boy, here we go. A Yankee well, fan counting championships Ran after they after they a... after they don't make the playoffs. Oh, One year. <laughs> Ran over by a tractor. 
I don't believe tractors were involved. Silo gas? No, but you said chainsaws were involved. Chainsaws were involved in some. Cutting wood. Lumberjacking. Uh, I was going to say lumberjacking, too. Not lumberjacking. So not cutting jacking. <laughs> not, not not jacking. How how would chainsaws be involved? Well, was it a construction site? Did it have anything to do with drug lords? Nothing to do with drug lords. Falling oh, trees. That was way off. <laughs> uh, I don't believe wood chippers were involved. Explosive blasting was not involved. Felling trees, I don't believe, was involved. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Chainsaws. So I will say that people falling out of a tree. Nope. With a chainsaw and it lands in their heart. I will I will give you guys a hint that this number is directly correlated to the cigar that Justin is smoking right now. Oh, which is which which the is face. the face hey. redux. Oh, oh, so this was actually the, the real life story of the Texas chainsaw massacre? Not no, it wasn't. So I, I'm just gonna give it to you guys because uh, it's this one is this one is actually fictional. Samsonite. So no. of all the so there have been nine feature films, uh, based on. Oh, God, uh, darn it, Texas Chainsaw really? <laughs> So the total kill count for Leatherface in all nine feature films was 31. How long did you think of this? One? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I started researching today because I was like I got to come up with something sort of relatable to uh, to Leatherface and and I was surprised the number was that low because there's nine feature films and and now there were more deaths in the film than 31 but the ones that that where the cause of death was actually Leatherface himself. There were 31 across all nine of the of the movies. I'm sorry, but I'm calling bullshit. That's yeah, I'm what I call bullshit. I, I found that I'm, on. I'm counting I, I, that I, it's I, fantasy and not real. Fantasy yeah. and not real. Yeah. Well, I mean, Leatherface was uh, it's the it's based on a real story. Is uh, uh, yeah. the number huh. of real victims he had? No, that was the number of victims in the movies. No, I'm talking about in real life. Oh, the well, I. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go for that. I went for the. I went. Fiction. <laughs> yeah. So, so the number one question is what David Foy said we need to be asking now: is fiction or nonfiction is going to, have to be the first question since you threw yeah. it. That's actually that's a good point, David. That's fair, David. Fiction or not that that yeah, should. Yeah, but be. he said fiction. Did I? You said fiction in the beginning. Did yeah. I? Oh I yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't even realize. I honestly. I've I've had too much of this eagle rare. I I didn't even realize. It. Eagle rare. Oh, well, I, let's can you rewind because I could swear he said fiction. Yeah, where's the, where's the that? replay flag? Yeah, where's the red one? Can we go? Can we? Yeah, so, we, so we, we don't we, we don't have the budget for instant replay. What, on how about that cigar? What are you drinking there? What is that now? Yeah, what is? Oh, a new bottle. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a rare character. Very nice. Uh, one of one of the samples we were playing with. Oh, I like it. Your malt. Yeah. So. Cheers. Another bottle. <laughs> smells great. All right. I think this is actually one of the ones we picked. So is it woodsy? <laughs> is it? Is it smoky? Smoky. <laughs> Does it taste uh, like chainsaw? Does it taste like chainsaw? Jason says this needs a redux. 
this needs a redux. Yeah. Uh, the, I show? Did there. the show? The, the show needs a... Oh. At least the first 20 minutes of the show needs a redux. Oh, Listen, man, man I, I'm happy that I'm on your show. I love <laughs> coming on here. But when you said the number was 217, I kind of got a little bummed because everybody knows that my number is 222. So I would have yeah. really loved to have waited for episode 222. Well, I mean, that can be arranged. You know, I'm just saying... <laughs> Well, can we can we make sure that we have two hundred uh, two minutes and twenty two seconds of dead air time on the <laughs> beginning of that one? <laughs> yeah, that's probably not what it was. It probably was two minutes and twenty two seconds of dead air time. Although, thank you Dude, for so, keeping the show going for us. So today, today was like a two 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 day for me. It hit me three times, like just randomly. There you go. Um, I was driving. I had to go to the factory this morning, pack some boxes. I realized that one of the guys wasn't there. So I didn't have the ability to email them the labels that I needed. So I had to come back to the house, print the labels. And on my way back to the house, the car in front of me had a license plate that had 222 in it. Nice. And as I was coming back to the factory, my wife said, hey, did you see Rose's rent-a-car? It has the 222 in the license plate. So when I got in the parking lot, I saw the 222 on the license plate. Again, a different car, <laughs> completely different car. When I got home... Uh, I was looking at my emails and there's a waiter. Well, there was a waiter at this, one of my favorite restaurants in Los Angeles that is now a real estate broker. And he sends me stuff all the time uh, because he wants to sell my house in Los Angeles. And he said off market properties. And the first one on the list was 222 blah, 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 Mountain View Road or something like that. I'm like, wow. Okay. So it hit me three times. So, that's why I'm pissed off that I'm not on episode 222. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, would have been overkill, though, right? You would have played. You should play those numbers in New York. Illegal gambling, 222. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like the unluckiest guy when it comes to <laughs> gambling. Trust me. Yeah, well, me too. So especially the stock market is horrible. <laughs> what is that picture in your mirror? Oh yeah, it's actually what? a French, an old French wine poster. Oh, nice! It's nice. uh, it's I can't remember the date on it. It's from nineteen. Shit, what year is that? It's it's not too old. That one's not too old. I have one next to it. Let me see if I can go this way. You see oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. That one's from nineteen thirty-three. Oh, beautiful! Wow. Yeah, that was actually given to me by the director of Tombstone. Oh, wow! Oh, I love it. Yeah, but the one behind me. 19 what fucking year is that 60s they're all no and it's Hold not on. A i'm gonna go reflection I, I i gotta get close up to it <laughs> i thought it was a mirror a reflection it's not it's a window yeah that's the room yeah he's got some of his guitars hanging on the wall next to him oh shit that's that one's cool. from 1937 37 yeah nice i bought that in uh laguna hills California. I found this. I was really into old lithographs and, uh, you know, after George Cosmanos, the one that gave me that one, mm -hmm. the other yeah. one. Yeah. I can't get that in the picture correctly. There you go. There's my bar, by the way. <laughs> uh, after he gave me that one, I kind of got into the whole old litho thing. And, uh, he had one of the, like the world's largest collections of old lithographs. And when it comes to uh, liquor advertising, 
wine and liquor and spirits. Uh, one of the largest collectors, uh, Marvin Schenken. Oh yeah. So like, I actually have a book that Marvin wrote, um, about, about, I didn't realize it was his book until I was sitting in his office one day. I go, I have a book that you actually, you know, did the, uh, the intro to, he goes, no, that's my book. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> I go, well, I have a couple, I have a couple posters from that book. So yeah, they're old, you know, I love just it. like, they're beautiful. You know, absolutely. Plus I, I love French wine. So uh -huh. they work out great. That's right. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into the lightning round uh, brought to us by J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Rolo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, visit jcnewman.com. All right. So Pete, you've been on the show a few times, so I have fresh new light. Speaking of JC Newman, they have a cool cigar called Yagua. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Love, I love the looks of that Yagua cigar. Like, yeah. So I always, I always geek out when I see Drew because I, 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 I always tell him that it's like really cool, just the way he did it and the packaging and just the way the cigars are sandwiched together. I love shit like that, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they Shout out to Drew Estates. I mean, to to uh, JC Newman. <laughs> <laughs> They only put that out like every other year or something like that, right? Or is that a yeah, regular well, I, I think it's – is it once a year? I think it's it once a year. year. Yeah, it's once it, – but it's – yeah, it's really cool because they're all uneven. Yep. And, you know, sometimes you'll you'll be out with friends or whatever. You hand somebody a Yagua. They're like, well, thanks, thanks for this. You know, they have this <laughs> look on their face like, hey, thanks for the cigar that you sat on. Yeah. It's like, no, trust me. Light it up and smoke it. You're going to like it. It's a good cigar. It's true. All right, so anyway, lightning round. If you had magical powers, yeah. na name one thing that you would change in the world. <laughs> well, right now that's an easy. That's an easy. <laughs> uh, magical power? No, dude, that I can't do that. Right, not not with the way the world is right now. Um, magical powers. I don't know. Turn everybody into peace-loving hippies? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Um, all right. What was your favorite breakfast cereal as a kid? And what is it now? Favorite breakfast cereal? I don't eat cereal anymore. Okay. Um, that's a tough one because, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't have the luxury when we were kids – we didn't have the luxury of having all these crazy, uh, you know, crazy flavored cereals, which, which I obviously loved when I could get a hold of them. But, you know, Apple Jacks were obviously a thing for me. Do they, have, do they make Apple Jacks anymore? I don't even know. Oh, I yeah, think they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Fruit Loops, of course, just because I love the, the milk when you finish the, the, the cereal, the milk is kind of weird and funky and... <laughs> That was always oh, yeah. good to drink at the end of it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, we got like Cheerios. Like, and so when Honey Nut Cheerios came out, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is like something great. <laughs> but I always, I always uh, loved like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, was it 
what's it called? Grape nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always like that because of the crunch. And then, of course, oh, I love, I love golden stuff. grams. Oh, yeah. But cinnamon raisin toast. Oh, honeycombs. Yeah. Wow, Casey. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Honeycomb. Oh. I remember Honeycomb, you, kid. Remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love uh, the jingle. It's not small. Yeah, yeah. Fruity Pebbles guy. Fruity Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I never liked them. Fruity Pebbles. Any, oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. perfect. All those, uh, like, all the ones that had the uh, the weird, hard marshmallows, like Lucky Charms and, like, oh, the, yeah. the blueberry and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that stuff was fun because I liked the little hard marshmallows. The problem is I would go into the box and eat all the <laughs> And eat all the marshmallows. Yeah. And then... And then everything else that was left was like the wait. Yeah, the cereal. <laughs> oh shit! Here oh, we go. Coop. Here we go. Coop. Oh, Coop. I, I I I always oh. appreciate you chiming in with Matt Lafleur news, Coop. Thank you very much for that. Really it's a part of my uh, stupidity, but uh, uh, <laughs> who does Matt Lafleur play Matt, for? Matt, Matt Lafleur is the coach, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. You would think he was a hockey player. Ah, okay, there you go. And the, yeah, and the Packers, sounds like a hockey player. And oh, the yeah, Packers hey. just lost to the 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 uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Mm, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. And that's Matt's team. And, and the Green Bay Packers are my team. So Matt Lafleur is a goalie for. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, I didn't the, see the game. The hair here I, is killing me. But I, but I am certain. <laughs> I am certain that it was 100% Matt LaFleur's fault, that the players had nothing to do oh, with definitely. it whatsoever. Definitely. It's always yeah, Matt totally Matt LaFleur's yeah. fault. Thank totally. you, Coop. Thank, go back to, thank you, Coop. I love you, Coop. coaching hockey. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so, Pete, um, if a documentary film was made about your life, Ooh. who would narrate that film? <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to say Peter Weller. <laughs> oh yes yes no no, no it, it won't be peter well it'll be ai ai uh, I, can't get, I can't get peter to do it <laughs> <laughs> i bet peter would do it he would do it yeah i mean i haven't seen him in a in a, in a minute so it might be tough <laughs> but uh yeah i love i love voices and peter's got one of those voices morgan freeman obviously oh yeah um Dude, Russell Crowe did a great wine documentary narration. I thought that was awesome. If you've never seen it, it's called Red Obsession. And you're realizing the whole time, it's like, how the fuck did they get Russell Crowe to narrate this? <laughs> they gave him a case of wine. Yeah, they gave Fuck him free it. wine. <laughs> that's that's exactly, I asked Peter Weller the same question. I go, you know, Russell Crowe did this documentary called Red Obsession. How do you think that they got him? And he goes, they probably gave him a case of wine. I go, yeah. So what would it take for you to do the narration for a cigar documentary? He goes, a box of cigars and a couple grand. I go, I got done. you. <laughs> done and done. Yeah. I love it. All right. Uh, let's jump into this week's Notable Smokables, uh, brought to us by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, Pete, you've done this before. Each week we name a cigar on the show that we smoked recently that was notable to us. This could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we smoked for the first time in a very long time or a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. Uh, so what's something you smoked recently that really stood out to you? Oh, uh, outside of our own shit? Uh, yeah. Uh, so outside of... Yeah, outside of uh, Tatuaje, my father. Well, if really you can sucks. think of anything. <laughs> um, 
uh, the Viso Horny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I really like what Tyler did on that cigar. So, well, actually, I, you have to give Skip a lot of credit, but, you know, obviously it's Tyler's cigar, but I smoked it at the end of the trade show. I mean, we were all pretty freaking wasted in our booth. Um, <laughs> Tyler, Skip, Mike Rosales, uh, Jeff Mutat, they all came over to the booth. We hung out and we had a fucking blast just shooting the shit. And, and Tyler gave me one of his cigars and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> that's, that's a fun cigar. Nice. So yeah, the be so horny. Oh, be so horny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Um, uh, Justin, what was notable for you this week? Um, let's see. Notable, smokable for this week is going to be the HVC Cerro Maduro. Oh, nice. That's that's two HVCs in a row for you, my friend. Is it? Yeah, last week I think you did the did the Hotcake Connecticut. Oh, well, yeah. we're going to HVC kick this week. Love it. Two weeks. Okay. Love it. I'm still pissed at Rainier. He was in town. He didn't even tell me. Oh, man. No, it's, I'll get over it. Uh, Raul, what was notable for you this week? 1502 Sapphire. 1502 Sapphire. I like that cigar. Was it the Lancero? Oh, the Lancero is good. Good Good size in that cigar. Um, my notable this week, um, I I was really for so I was on Coop's show Thursday night. Um, it was Coop had a media panel show and, and he was kind enough to invite me on and to celebrate, uh, a you know, the twins winning the wild card and moving into the, uh, the ALDS. I went in my humidor and I pulled out my very last original release Cuenca y Blanco. Ooh. So before they changed the label to CYB, uh, and wow. I mean, after like, I don't know, 12 years or something, it was so, so good. So I was very grateful to smoke one that my very last one and, uh, you know, doing it on Coop show. It was, it was, it's such a great cigar. So, uh, yeah, that was a really nice, really nice notable, uh, for me this week. (coughs) Excuse me as I cough into the microphone. Uh, so that was this week's notable smokable brought to you by Luciano cigars, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. All right. So some coming attractions. I love the name, by the way, notable smokable, notable, really good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so let's tell you guys about some coming attractions that we have on the next few weeks on how about that cigar live. Brought to us by our friends at A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. All right, so next week on the 16th, we have a first-time guest, a retailer. And what are we calling it? Edition number two of the Hidden Gem series. We have Tommy Farrell from Nickel City Cigars. Oh, very cool. And on October 23rd, we have Hector and the crew from Espinosa Cigars to talk about the upcoming La Zona Palooza, which Raul will be at live. And on October 30th, closing out the month of October, Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust coming back onto the show. So 
Uh, stay tuned for all those shows coming up. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for being on episode 217. Always a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you. And uh, if you would, please give our viewers and listeners an idea where is the best place for them to keep up with everything that you guys have going on with Tatuaje Scars. <laughs> We're horrible with social media. So uh, <laughs> Tatuaje uh, Inc. or Tatuaje Cigars, but mostly Tatuaje INC, which is my Instagram page. Um, that's probably the best place because I'm, I'm really slow on social media right now. I just don't really care for it as much as I used to. So yeah, there you go. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> or is this me in a nutshell? <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for being on again. Uh, yeah, we always welcome. love thank talking you. to you, brother. Great time. Love seeing I had a blast you. for the first two minutes. The first two minutes, yes. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to go back and, and see the broadcast so I actually know what the hell happened. That's so wrong. So wrong. <laughs> Never a couple more drinks. Oh, uh, and I love seeing Pete drink whiskey straight from the bottle. There's just something. Well, I mean, dude, I, I, right that. now I'm just being lazy because I realize that when I'm done with you guys, I have to go wash a glass. And I and if I leave a glass in the sink, my wife will kill me in the morning. So. <laughs> it, it, you know, and then I'll probably find an ant somewhere rolling around in there. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want that shit. So this is just way easier. Yeah. And honestly, whiskey kills everything. So if I don't finish it, then I can finish it later. That's right. That's right. It's all good. And they're really tiny bottles. It's like, I yeah, mean, it's if nothing. you look at the size of my hand, it's, it's like, nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's just a couple drinks. No big deal. <laughs> all right. Uh, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much. And for our, our listeners on the audio podcast, thank you, of course, for. Uh, listening to How About That Cigar. Everybody, please take a minute to subscribe to YouTube. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. And you can go on the website. If you have questions for us, you can email us right on there. Howaboutthatcigar.com. You can also sign up for our email list. So anytime we publish something new, you guys will be the first to know about it. Uh, and smash that subscribe smash, and like button, please. Smash all those buttons. Thank you guys so much for all that. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium premium cigars.